It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. I am your host, Marcus Mosier, and we have a special episode today. It's a crossover edition uh, with James Rapian of Locked On Bengals. Uh, we get into talking about this game, uh, some future stuff. We talk about some guys that could be joining the Cowboys via the Bengals uh, later on in this offseason. Uh, so make sure you guys are, are listening to this. It's a, it's a really good show, uh, and we'll be back on Friday to preview this game with Landon McCool. So let's dive right in. Today with Locked On Cowboys host host Marcus Mosher and Marcus, uh, I'll have to dive into with this matchup. Let's start here. Andy Dalton, first uh, decade of his career, nine years of his career, he's spent in the Queen City. Now he's in Dallas. How's uh, good old number fourteen treating you? Oh, man, we were talking about this pre-show, and I said I feel so bad for Andy Dalton because I think when he signed with the Cowboys, he was thinking, you know, if he got forced into action, he would have a lot of good pieces around him and a good offensive line, and all he would have to do is kind of manage the game. And unfortunately, that's not the case. You know, their entire offensive line is out for the season. You know, the defense is falling apart, and he's doing his best, and it's been it's been a challenge. And I actually don't think he's played all that badly. I think he's played to the expectations that the Cowboys thought when they signed him. But uh, for a guy that's probably, you know, wanting to, to show that he can still start in the NFL, it's it's been rough. You have the Cowboys, and obviously Dak Prescott goes down, and there's been a lot of issues. Where did you have the Cowboys before the season started? Yeah, I thought this is one of the better teams in all of the NFC because we know the NFL is a quarterback league, and we know that if, you, if you've got one of those top five or six guys, you can play with anybody. And with all their talent at the skill positions, with their offensive line, with three pro bowlers, um, I thought this was a team that could score 30 points a game pretty easily. The defense could make enough plays to, to be successful. Unfortunately, we only got to see that for a couple weeks. They started off the season a little slow, and then as soon as Prescott got hurt, it all tumbled down. The defense started to fall apart You know, when they were asked to win games. Uh, the offensive line was never really healthy at any point this season, so... This was a team that certainly had playoff aspirations and, you know, maybe potentially Super Bowl. Uh, but now we're looking at a team that, with some luck, might have a top three, four pick in this year's draft. Talk to you about that because obviously there's huge draft implications for Sunday's game or in Sunday's game. But is it as simple as Dak went down or are the Cowboys issues? Much bigger than that. Is it Mike McCarthy? Is it roster? Is it paying Zeke Elliott a bunch of money? It, like if you had to list, uh, you know, three or four things, reasons why they are where they are right now, uh, what would they be? So I think you're 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 close, right? I do think some of the the roster moves they've made between paying Zeke and Jalen Smith and some of the draft picks have certainly hurt their chances of being a contender. I think the defense 
not being competent has certainly uh, factored in that as well. But again, I, I keep coming back to this. It's a quarterback league. And if you have a great quarterback, they can mask a lot of faults, right? We're, we see that in Seattle with Russell Wilson. You know, they, they have a bad offensive line and now a bad defense. But uh, because Russell Wilson is so good, he can cover up a lot of those flaws. The same with Patrick Mahomes. And I'm not suggesting Dak is on that level. But he's a really, really good quarterback. So I don't think a lot of these problems that you're seeing now would be that big of a, a deal with Prescott. Um, I, obviously, they've got a lot, of, a lot of work to do in the offseason. They got to rebuild their defense. Uh, they got to get healthier on the offensive line. But it, it, I, I truly believe if you had Prescott on this team with the same exact everything else, uh, they're winning the division pretty easily. I guess the number one priority then, locking up Dak Prescott long term, does the injury or concern about the potential effects of that injury get in the way of that? Or do you think the Cowboys lock him in this offseason and try to not necessarily rebuild? Because there are a lot of national people that I've seen say that, oh, the Cowboys should go into a rebuild, or maybe not a lot, but some I've seen. And, and uh, that's not necessarily, that can't really be the case if you're paying a quarterback 35 to 40 million. Yeah, and it's especially not the case when you you have your offensive line already paid for. You have guys like Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, Lyle Collins. Uh, you have all these receivers. There's just no way. Uh, there's just no way that you're going to go into a rebuild, and they shouldn't. Uh, as long as Prescott's healthy, and every indication that we've gotten so far is that he's way ahead of schedule. He's already in the weight room. He's squatting. There's really no reason to believe he won't be ready for the offseason stuff. Uh, this team is not as far away as what the record shows this year. And I know, again, I know it's been really ugly and it's been rough. Um, but once they get Prescott back, assuming he gets back to 100%, you know, full strength, they're going to be just fine. Uh, Mike McCarthy isn't on the hot seat, is he? No, I don't think so. Uh, the Cowboys paid him a lot of money. Now, Mike Nolan, their defensive coordinator, might be. I, I think that's something that the, the Joneses might push a little bit. Um, you know, they they aren't necessarily thrilled with Mike Nolan and the scheme and neither are the players. Uh, but as for Mike McCarthy, absolutely not. And I, I don't think he should be right. How do you judge a coach, a, a new coach in a year where, you know, there's no offseason, there's no preseason. Your quarterback goes down in week five. You're without your top four offensive tackles for basically the entire season. I just don't think that's fair. I think I think you'd be resetting the, the entire franchise way too soon. Uh, I think McCarthy will certainly get another year, and I, he should get several more. I like the hire, and I, you're right. I mean, it's it's really tough to to judge him here, given what's gone on in Dallas. Um, as far as Sunday's matchup goes, and I'll ask you a little bit about the the team itself and, and what you're expecting. But our Cowboys fans, because they're still in the NFC East, but now in the cellar. And if you're in the cellar in the NFC East, that's that says a lot. Do they want this team to win down the stretch in this final Absolutely month? Not. Or? Absolutely oh. not. <laughs> not not a single person does, and that's why I don't understand the outrage on Twitter for the loss last night. Like. What were you expecting? Uh, were you expecting the Cowboys to beat Baltimore? And you know long-term this is good for Dallas, right? They need to rebuild the defense, get that highest pick as possible, not only in the first round, but in the top of every round. They need multiple defenders. They have a bunch of guys that are hitting free agency on defense. Get some high picks. Maybe you move around a little bit, rebuild this defense. So, yes, we, we want to see them lose. Uh, we want to see them play well, but ultimately lose on Sunday. And they, you know, lose out and jump the Bengals and say, 
you know, the Bengals win Sunday and, and they get to that third win and they have the tie. Man, Bengals fans are cringing listening to this, but th- they jump them and they get that third spot. Is there any scenario where, let's say, Justin Fields falls to three? Mm. Do, do they go quarterback in that scenario, or is that just you don't think it's even a, an option? For I, I think if you would have asked me this a couple of weeks ago, I, I think I would have shot you down, right? And I don't believe they should draft a quarterback. Now, there is two scenarios where I can see the Cowboys considering it. Number one is if Dak Prescott's just not healthy. Like if we get to April and he's just, for whatever reason, things have gone wrong and it doesn't look like he's going to be ready, then you have to consider it. I don't think that's going to be the case. Again, everything we've heard is that he's doing great. Uh, The team is excited about him. Uh, The other one would be if Prescott doesn't have a long-term contract, right? If if Todd France, Dak Prescott's agent, continues to hold up a deal and we get to April and it's, there's still no contract, maybe you do use that as a little bit of leverage. And if somebody like Justin Fields is on the board, maybe you do draft him. I, I, I don't think that would happen. I think it's more likely the Cowboys would be able to trade that pick for a King's ransom. But it is something to at least consider if we get to that stage of the offseason, there's still no long-term deal. Maybe, just maybe, the Cowboys would consider it. The, uh, it at least being tempting since they would be drafting that high. And, and we know... You know, Jerry Jones loves quarterbacks, but I, he also loves Dak Prescott and he's loyal. He does. So um, it, as, as far as this matchup on Sunday, uh, we've we went 10 minutes and haven't talked about any of the uh, the on-field play, which is That's probably That's all right. Good. That sounds about right for these two teams. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, what's what's the path here for the, the Cowboys to, um, to win? Because obviously the defense has struggled all season long. Uh, the, the Bengals have struggled to run the ball, but I think they might actually be able to in this game. Uh, is it is it Andy Dalton throwing for 400 yards and, and five touchdowns in his homecoming? Is that the path? Like, what's the what's the path to Dallas winning this matchup? Yeah, it would have to be on offense. And listen, I'm going to give the Cowboys some credit on offense for against you know their game against Baltimore. Um, they had seven, they had ten drives in these in that game. Seven of the drives ended up in Baltimore's 35 yard line. Uh, the Cowboys missed three field goals. They did score two touchdowns and made another field goal. They had a lot of chances to score in that game, and that's a pretty good Baltimore defense. You know, that's a Ravens defense that ranks inside the top three in scoring. There was such a mismatch on the offense and defensive line uh, that I'm surprised Dallas moved the ball as well as they did. So um, uh, I think in this game against the Bengals, I do think Andy Dalton's going to want to play well. I think the Cowboys have enough talent at receiver uh, to to make some plays William Jackson's really good, but he can only cover one guy. Uh, I do think somebody like C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz, they should be in for a big uh, big day. You, Elliot, this is, and I said this before we started recording, you know he's going to drop like, you know, 200 yards rushing after being, you know, ripped to shreds all year. This will be like his breakout day where him and Andy combined for like 600 yards from scrimmage. Should be. It could be a, it could be a big game for the Cowboys <laughs> offense, and I, I, yeah. I do think – I think I do think Mike McCarthy is going to want to to show again that his offense is good and they're competent and they can be you know they can be successful. I think he's gotten a lot of criticism in the local media uh, over the last couple of days, so I, I do expect the Cowboys' offense to play well. Let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors and a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. 
Best of all, they taste fantastic and they are releasing six new flavors including caramel brownie, my personal favorite right now, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your first box. Again, that is BuiltBar.com. And right now, you get a free cooler with an order of a new box only while supplies last. Again, that is BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It'll be interesting seeing Andy Dalton back at Paul Brown Stadium. That's Marcus Mosher of Locked On Cowboys. Make sure you check out uh, his podcast. And uh, Marcus, I appreciate the time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. We are back here with James Rapine from Locked On Bengals to talk about this epic matchup between the Cowboys and Bengals here in week 14. Not really. If you're watching this game, you're likely a super diehard Cowboys or Bengal fan, or you host a podcast like we do. So, uh, James, it's been a it's been a rough season this year for the Cowboys and the Bengals. I have to start with Joe Burrow. Um, it's incredibly sad what happened to him because I think he was so much fun to watch. I don't want to talk about the injury too much because it's we all everybody feels terrible for him. I want to talk about the player that you saw when he was on the field. Uh, do you think this is a franchise quarterback? Do you think it's somebody who can become you know a top five six guy in the league and lead the Bengals to the playoffs? Uh, what were your thoughts on Burrow before the injury? He can do that. He's he's capable of being an elite quarterback for a, a ton of reasons. But the, the first one is all of the intangibles that he brings. Uh, he's impressed. Like I was talking to Mike Daniels yesterday, who's been in the league for a decade, played with Aaron Rodgers, And he's like, man, that dude, I met him day one. And he signed in all. And he's like, commanded the room right away. I knew it. I knew he was going to be good. And we got on the practice field and you could tell it. And it, it's a, uh, it's really a damn shame because the Bengals had, won some winnable matchups in the second half of the year, including obviously Sunday's game. And I thought Joe was going to really rack up the style points that Justin Herbert had, had, uh, you know, mm-hmm. early on in the season, because everyone looks at Herbert's numbers and, you know, they're eye popping right uh, outside of, you know, last Sunday's game against the Patriots. But I think Burrow had overcome so much in the first half of the year of an awful offensive line uh, was dropping back a ton I think he made Zach Taylor look like he's a better offensive coach, play caller, head coach than he is, and uh, really hid the flaws uh, of this Bengals team, and there are many. And since he's been out, they've scored 17 points on offense in 10 quarters. Ooh. 17, that, that's it, right? And, and you're not playing. It's not like they're playing a bunch of you know, world beaters. That, you know, th- this was th- Their loss to Washington kind of got Washington going in the right direction. Uh, and now they look really good. But at the time, the Bengals were in control of that game when when Burrow went down and they had a lead and then they end up losing that game and then they lose to the Giants and then they lose to the Dolphins and the offense has been non-existent. So I think Joe Burrow is really good and, and is going to recover from the injury. And I just hope that he's he's the same athlete. He's able to move the same way because mm-hmm. he, he does rely on that athleticism. And I think he's 
Uh, the, the sky was the limit for him before, despite the limitations with his arm that people uh, mentioned. And uh, hopefully he can get back to that as, as soon as next year, because uh, he, he certainly brought hope to a franchise that hadn't had hope like this in my lifetime. I think it's the first time that one person brought such excitement to the Cincinnati Bengals. You mentioned Zach Taylor, and I, I think he's really interesting because he just happened to be somebody who knew Sean McVay a little bit, right, in, in Los Angeles. He was, the, I believe, the, the quarterback's coach for a year. He was an assistant wide receiver's coach uh, the year before that. Um, now he's the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, and through two years, he's 4-23-1 and as the team's head coach. Um, do you think he's a long-term answer in Cincinnati, or do you think the, the Bengals will explore replacing him this you know this offseason? I mean, this is one of the most loyal organizations in all of football. How much longer can they be loyal to Zach Taylor? Um, after this year, Marcus, I'll, I'll pose a question to you. How many 4-23-1 head coaches – turn it around to make the playoffs and make Super Bowl runs. Yeah, not many, not many. <laughs> and that's it, right? So that, that that's my answer. If I'm the Bengals, like they, the verdict is in, like regardless of, of what happens. And he really cost himself. He got kind of a mulligan for last year, two and 14. There's a weird benching of Andy Dalton midseason. And mm-hmm. then Andy comes back and wins a couple games. And it's like, okay, now you're going to get your quarterback they spent a lot of money in free agency and they've dealt with a lot of injuries. So I'll give him that. But still at the end of the day, two, nine and one this year, year two and 14, his first or his next road win will be his first. Mm. It, it's he's Oh, 14 and one on the road in two seasons. And they go to Houston and excuse me for liking Deshaun Watson in that game. But I think that Watson will handle business there. Right. So it's uh his seat to me should be scorching hot, but you mentioned it, that the patient side of things from the Bengals organization, I, I worry that they're going to say, all right, fire some assistance, get some new blood in here. And Zach, you're still under contract anyway. Try to finish it, uh, you, you know, try to fix it. And, and that to me, you know, because Burrow likes him, because why wouldn't he? He doesn't know. He hasn't had any other head coaches in the NFL. Sure. And, and sure. That, that's, my, that's my thing. I would move on from him. Because I just I don't see the path where he recovers. It, it, to me, uh, four four twenty three and one, and potentially four twenty seven and one, if they lose the final four games of this year, and they're obviously not going to be favored in any of them. That's just like Hugh Jackson's one and thirty one in Cleveland. I mean, there, there really isn't a difference. You're not going to rebound from it. Hugh did in that third year when they brought him back. It was really awkward, and then he got fired midseason. I, I would avoid that with Burrow and just you know cut it now and try to find the right guy. Uh, to to guide this franchise moving forward, and I, I don't know if they'll do it, but I certainly would. Can I make the case for Zach Taylor? Can, can I? I mean, I, this is from an outsider's perspective, and please push back on me. Though. Let's run through the schedule because I think when when you do this, you realize they've been more competitive than I think people uh, want to you know imagine. Let's start at the beginning of the season, right? A three point loss to the Chargers. That's week one, whatever. A five point loss to the Browns, who we are seeing are a pretty good team. Uh, they tied the Eagles. They beat the Jaguars. Uh, they got blown out by the Ravens. Okay, that's a that's a tough loss. A four point loss to the Colts. A three point loss to the Browns. Uh, a, a a win over the Titans, who are going to make the playoffs. They got blown out by the Steelers. Okay. Um, the, the Washington game, Joe Burrow gets hurt. A two point loss to the the Giants, and then they hung around against the Dolphins. You know for a while in that game last week. And again, they were without their starting quarterback. So I guess I, I, I'm not completely out on Taylor. I mean, I know this, the, the 
he, the record's not great, but considering the talent, it's. Am I wrong to just maybe want to give him one more year? Because they have been competitive, right? Com- mm-hmm. And even last year, they played hard down the stretch and, and got a couple of wins. He's won thirteen and one in, in one score games. Um, he's is that as, luck? Is that just bad luck, or is that bad coaching? Coaching. I mean, you let's let's look at two games right now. Uh, week six against the Colts, they had a twenty-one point lead, should have won. Mm. Uh, week seven against the Browns, they had a uh, the lead with less than a minute to go, and uh, and they couldn't get any pressure on Baker. He completed twenty-two uh, passes in a row. And, and and here's the other thing, and, and I think it is important. Zach was the guy who. Um, I, I don't. I don't know if he necessarily was the one who decided made the decision to move on from Andy Dalton, but I know he made the decision to go with the quarterbacks that he has now. Sure, Brandon Allen and Ryan Finley, a guy that nice. they used the fourth round draft pick on, and we asked him multiple times after they released Andy Dalton because there were there were veterans out there. Like, hey, are you going to go get a veteran quarterback to to be Joe Burrow's backup? And he said, No, we're set. And so now. Like, I get it. Look, Brandon Allen and, and Ryan Finley, 17 points in 10 quarters. Yeah, that. but this is also – these are the guys that you wanted to be Joe Burrow's backup. And mm-hmm. and so when I view it, I'm like, you know, Burrow was hiding a lot of your flaws. You are the quarterback's coach uh, of the Rams, right, and the assistant wide receiver's coach, and you've never called plays until now, and you're you're 423-1. And, and, and honestly, Marcus, the, the, the reality is, is I think that good coaches usually – flash by now flash and i don't mean just one week i mean the bengals haven't won two games in a row since zach has been here he hasn't won on the road i mean there's there's just a lot there and are are you willing to risk another year of this and potentially wasting another year of joe burrow and his rookie deal you know we know it depends on the other on the other candidates right like if an eric b is available which he is and if he's open to taking a Cincinnati job, then yeah, you probably do replace him. But I'm not. I guess I'm not going to replace him for just anybody, right? Well, would you Would you replace him for Joe Brady? So now, now we're getting a little trickier because I like Joe Brady quite a bit. I think that's a that's a really interesting one. <laughs> probably, probably. In, in in the it just comes back like if he had a track record. There's just no track record, and, and, and it's it's tough. He is a good guy. I think he he does know offense, right? Uh, but yep. I, I don't know because I'm being really critical now, I understand. But I just – I don't know, and I don't really see a path to it flipping and him becoming that guy where he's leading this team to 10 and 11 wins year in and year out. So we could talk about this game coming up, but that's really boring. So I don't really want to do that. I want to I ask you about two guys on defense uh, who are – free agents coming up in uh, this year's free agency that I know Cowboy fans have an eye on. And I just wanted you to just really quickly, like a 15, 30 second summary of, of what you think these guys, you know, are in the NFL and if they are going to hit free agency. What about William Jackson, the the cornerback out of Houston? Uh, a, a number one corner. He held Devontae Parker to two catches while he was in coverage last week and, and had multiple passes defensed and was just really all over him. Got called for a penalty that Really didn't seem like a penalty and had an interception by another penalty. So, no, I think he's he's a stud, and the Bengals would be foolish not to pay him. I, I would pay him. I would keep him around long term, but we'll, we'll see if they make that call. I agree. I think William Jackson, we've seen him be an elite corner before. You just don't let those guys hit free agency. 
talking to you, Cowboys. Thanks for letting Byron Jones go. You see how much that's hurting you now. Uh, last guy, uh, Carl Lawson, uh, a guy that you know a lot of Cowboy fans like coming out of Auburn. Uh, he's kind of been misused early on in his career. I remember them using him as like a strong side linebacker. Uh, do you think he's back with the Bengals next year? They literally have no one else that can get after the passer. Nobody. <laughs> and so let's say, and this is the first year he's been able to stay healthy, mm-hmm. knock on wood for the whole year, which is a really good sign in a contract year. I think they probably tag him because you might not want to commit long-term to someone like that who's had a lot of injury issues dating back to Auburn, and that's why he fell in the draft. But there's no doubt that when he's on the field, he makes a difference. He's top five in the NFL in pressures, despite not having anyone else. Dunlap wasn't productive when he was here because of Zach Taylor and the coaching staff partially and butting heads with them. And uh, and Geno Atkins is hurt. DJ Reader hurt. You know, Atkins is out there, but he's still dinged up. So, yeah, there's no one really getting pressure on the quarterback besides Lawson. And you know how it is getting pressure. It's a, it's a team effort. And the fact mm-hmm. that he's still able to get after the quarterback some is a testament to how well he's playing. All right, James, thanks for joining us today. Uh, tell the people where they can find you on Twitter. At James Rapine. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, I'll be there on Sunday covering this, this awesome game between Andy Dalton <laughs> and his former team. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.